Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson's Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me as well on this program. And Bill, you know, I've been involved in the homeschool movement since 1967, roughly. Yeah. When, when are you going to graduate? Uh, I just have to ask my mom that question. <laughs> uh, but my mother taught me how to read. I'm going to say 1967, 1968 in Portland, Oregon. And that was the beginning of homeschooling for me. And uh, one year in private school would have been in 1974, 75. And then the rest of it was homeschooled for the other 11 years. And then off to college and speaking at my first homeschool conference in Paso Robles, California in 1986. And yeah, been speaking at homeschool conferences for the last 40 years. Well, homeschooling is increasing. And the Washington Post has a fairly firm number on this. They've done a series of articles on homeschooling in America. And because, well, there's been such a massive increase in the homeschool demographic. Now, at 51% increase since 2018, which would be a 10% increase per year, roughly. uh, So there's been a substantial increase since 2018. And uh, at the same time, private school enrollment up only 7% and public school enrollment down 4%. So... The four percent has moved into homeschooling and public and private schooling, right. of which fifty-one percent represents the, the homeschool increase, and only seven percent the uh, private school increase in enrollments that, since twenty eighteen. That that's a pretty interesting figure, right there. That the bulk of people who have left the public school have entered into home education rather than into Christian school. Well, and I, I would guess that the economy is such that as public school fails, not if, but when, as public school is failing, mm-hmm. and I, I believe there's going to be a time, maybe 10 years, 15 years from now, there will be no more public funding of education. There will be no more funds for the public funding of education, and families will have to decide what to do. Now, I think in a period of economic trouble, they're not going to have enough to spend $8,000 on a classical school. Right. So they're probably going to have to revert to some basic form of home education. Yep. And that, of course, is something that we'd like to provide materials for. We like to provide resources. We do intro seminars. I've done intro seminars for uh, 25 years, Bill. Probably done upwards of four or 500 introductory seminars around Colorado, around the United States, and even around the world. So- if, if people want an intro seminar to get them started and resources to get them along the way, that's the function, that's the vision, that's the mission for the generation's ministry. And, and we want to provide that for not just five, 6,000. We'd like to provide that for, say, 150,000 families. Now, ours is a form of education in which we want to teach that the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of God. That is, our curriculum from cover to cover presents the awesomeness of God, not the awesomeness of man, but the awesomeness of God, and encouraging our students to the worship of God, to the praise of God, to an increase in the wonder of God in his creation. Now, if that's what parents do not want, then they're not going to want anything to do with our ministry. Mm -hmm. But if they want something of the awesomeness of God affirmed throughout the curriculum, and if they want the word of God as a frontlet before their eyes, if they really think it's a wonderful thing to to keep the word of God uh, accessible and integrated into the material. If they believe that the word of God is God's truth and 
it speaks to every area of life and should be incorporated into the curriculum. If they like God's Word and they want to see more of the awesomeness of God, and they want to teach the awesomeness of God in the science curriculum for their children, then they're going to appreciate our curriculum. If they don't like that, they're not going to want it. I mean, I think it's just that simple for our curriculum. But there is an increase in home education, but there's it's not necessarily Christians who are who are flooding to home education. Well, Washington Post is estimating about 30% now, down from 51% some five, six years ago. So yeah, there's been a drop off to some uh, 31% of homeschoolers now have some interest in God or have some religious background. So I think what's happening in homeschooling is whereas at one time, uh, homeschoolers were anywhere between... 50 and 70% evangelical. That's dropping down towards uh, 30%, which is kind of sad, but it also gives us, I think, something of an opportunity to evangelize. So homeschool conference has become something of a Mars Hill in which people come down to hear about homeschooling, but it's uh, one opportunity that we have to, to reach the masses. Hard to do that in the public schools, hard to do it in the universities, hard to do it through the media today. But occasionally, People get out of the matrix. They come down to the Jordan River where John the Baptist gets an opportunity to teach them something they have never heard before. And that is God's word to modern man. And at the same time, the the flip side of that is that Christian schools have this tension as to whether or not they're the discipleship or they're evangelistic. That a lot of parents send their students to Christian schools or private schools because of the quality of education, and they just kind of endure the Christian aspect of it. And so there's the tension in the Christian schools, are we an evangelistic outreach, or are we a discipleship and I think, training? I think, I think you ought to make that choice, and yeah. I think every private school has to make that choice. Yeah. Uh, because ultimately, what are we doing as Christian families? We're following the mandate that God has given to us. And that is not primarily to evangelize the unsaved kids up and down the neighborhood. But what does God want us to do? He wants us to raise our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the requirement for every family. And so that's what we encourage in our homeschool conferences. Now, what do we do with the unsaved? Well, we just simply say, you need to get to know God. Yeah, You know, you, you, you need to bow before the creator. You need to understand that, you know, you have not made yourself. God has made us and we're accountable to him morally. And yet we've sinned against him, but he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And, uh, and, and we are to believe him. We're to repent of our sins and turn to him in faith. So we give the gospel out to, to non-Christian families. And then what, Bill? And then we say, now raise your children in the fear of God, raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So that's the message. It's the message to the unbeliever. It's the message to the believer. Well, interesting data from Washington Post. Um, here they have the percentage increase in total homeschool student enrollment since 2018, uh, state by state. And what's interesting is the states that, uh, that bear the highest percentages, generally speaking, are the northern states, the central states, Minnesota, Ohio, some 54%. Massachusetts, 55%. Vermont was 47%. Um, Virginia was 31%. South Carolina, 49%. Uh, 
Wyoming is 47%, 17% for the state of Colorado. Washington's up 33%. Alaska or Hawaii was up 63% on homeschool enrollment since 2018. So that may be one wow. of the highest. Florida's up 72%. So some of the states up far more than others. And I would say generally homeschooling tends to be weakest in the South. Yeah, and I've, and, I've and noticed the Bible this, Belt. Yeah, in the Bible yeah. Belt, exactly. Because people know and they trust the public schools to be, you know, conservative, wonderful. Right. They don't teach the fear of God as the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, no. but they're they're great. Trust us. We live in conservative <laughs> states. Everything's good down here, right? Isn't that pretty much the attitude yeah. of places like Texas, and, Georgia? And that's that's interesting because um, you you find that in the most liberal places, like you said, Hawaii. You know, it's up 63%. Wow. Yeah. And we found when we do camps around the country for Worldview Academy that the some of our strongest and most stable places that we do them are in the northeast and northwest, some of the least churched areas in the country. Why is that? Because Christian parents understand that they're in that secular, you know, cesspool. And so they want their children to be exposed and trained to a biblical, in a biblical worldview. But, but, so but what about, what about conservative Southern Baptist families way down well, in Texas? It's, it's and, the problem. And they, just, of, they just think everything's good. Everything's every, good down everybody's here. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody goes to church. Yeah. It's all good. Down so it's here. the veneer of Christianity, but, but, it's, but it's, it's counterproductive. It's, it's counterproductive in those, those least churched areas. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the cultural Christianity of the of the south or the midwest that that is seductive and makes everybody think we're okay but in those areas where there is a, a definite hostility or a hardness to the gospel christians who live there realize that they have to stand out as christians it's a strong sense of uh, antithesis between the thesis and antithesis between christ and the world yeah. and uh that's spelled out uh, very clearly uh, in more of these liberal states, these blue states, than what we find in the red states. And and I do find that, in general, uh, a higher receptivity in areas in which uh, families receive more persecution and more immediate confrontation from the world around them. Uh, so, friends, uh, I guess it's, it's for people in the South, and I think it's harder for people in the South to wake up and realize the battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil is as strong as intense in Texas as it is in New York. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. 
I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. Back on the Generations broadcast, Kevin Swanson with you as well, Bill Jack. And Bill, as we talked about parents raising their children here in the United States in the nurture and animation of the Lord Jesus Christ, with a strong sense of antithesis between Christ and the world. I got a copy of this article from the VOM, Voice of the Martyrs magazine on Cuba. It's a new law that's restricting Christian parents. You, you thought we had it tough here in America. Check this out. Following a September 2022 referendum, an extensive new family code came into effect in Cuba. Sadly, the electorate voted for it. The new code abolished the concept of parental custody. This seems to be tried and true communism. Yeah, it's Marxism. It's about as communistic as you can imagine. The children belong to the state. Sort of Pla- a mentality. It's Plato, it's Rousseau. Wow, it's intense. The new code abolished the concept of parental custody instead of assigning parents responsibility for raising children, according to the Cuban government's socialist ideology. Frontline workers report that this legal challenge essentially makes Cuban children wards of the government Mm -hmm. and denies parents the right to raise their children in the Christian faith. God forbid that should ever happen to any family. Christian leaders are concerned that the law will be used to silence the faithful witness of Christian parents. Churches and individual Christians in Cuba face unrelenting pressure from the government, which remains committed to communism's atheistic ideology and views. Churches as a threat to the revolution begun by Fidel Castro in the 1950s. Church buildings are routinely seized, demolished. Pastors, other church leaders harassed and arrested. And Christians are often denied jobs and educational opportunities. Still, believers continue to meet in illegal house churches and the church continues to grow through bold evangelistic activity. Imagine that, which usually that's what happens. That's how the churches grow. Right. It doesn't grow in Texas. They don't grow in places where you're falling asleep. You're, falling, you're, you're growing in times at which you're receiving intense persecution at the hands of the state. That's what happens. Well, this previous family code had already created barriers for Christian families. For example, children are required to attend public school in order to receive proper instruction in socialist ideology, and parents who do not comply are arrested. And we had supported a pastor who attempted to homeschool his kids in Cuba. And uh, I think he was in prison for a year or two for his pains. Uh, but all that to say, Bill, that uh, what is happening in Cuba is, uh, is, 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 I think, the battle. The battle for the, for the hearts and minds of the children. And this is what the devil has gone after in the last hundred years in both the United States, uh, in the Western world, as well as communist China, communist Cuba, etc. cetera. Uh, this was the, 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 the point at which the devil was most active in communist countries. Oftentimes they would allow churches to meet, but they would not allow the children to attend or they would not allow Sunday schools or they would force the children into the public schools. But why? Because they wanted the hearts and minds of the next generation. The communism and the, the, the devil's vision for uh, the, the future generation and future control of human society has always been to gain control of the children, put them in communist schools, socialist schools, public schools, call them what you will, 
and indoctrinate them so that the future of a given nation would be uh, guaranteed to a socialist, Marxist, or totalitarian system. Uh, and I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between Cuba and China and the United States. The forces that are separating the hearts of the parents from the children might be somewhat different. Nevertheless, still the state and the zeitgeist, that is the popular culture, pretty much has a handle upon the hearts and minds of our kids today. Yeah. You think about the battle against Disney. You think about the battle against popular culture that's had its tentacles around our children's minds and hearts for the last 40 years. But Christian parents in this country need the faith to stand against the lifestyle of entertainment and convenience, the faith to stand against Disney, the faith to move from a two-income family to a one-income family in order to be able to invest into their children such that they're not uh, taken by competing discipleships, the faith to say no to certain peers and to say yes to parental involvement. The problem of competing mentors or teachers is as significant in Cuba and China as it is here. In Cuba and China, Bill, you get communist teachers teaching communism in communist schools. In America, you get Disney and peers with electronic devices inviting your children into their ideologies. And, uh, and by the way, Disney tends to be more entertaining than some communist school marm. <laughs> That's the other thing. Yeah. It works, doesn't it? So, so do, do Christian parents in America need le- less faith to engage the discipleship of their children in the modern age in which institutionalized forms of education, institutionalized forms of powerful mediums that are controlled by the principalities and powers around us are as powerful or more powerful than they've ever been in human history? Do we need more faith or less faith than our counterparts in these Cuban parents in uh, Cuba or China, we because it's the 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 threat is more subtle. We that need too. more faith. Mm-hmm. We, so we might they, even need more faith. Yeah, here. yeah, I think so. Certainly more discernment because we 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 can we think we can rest that we live in a free culture that we have uh, liberty, and those who are in totalitarian governments, they understand the battle. Sometimes we don't understand the battle. We don't understand the war that's going on for the hearts and minds of people all around us, especially our children. It's much more insidious. Yeah. I remember having conversations with uh, uh, Slavic parents from Russia and Ukraine who came over here in the 1990s. They lost their hearts of their children, the minds of the children uh, to you know, the ideologies of the public schools and the universities in this country. Some of them wanted to go back because it was better there in Russia and Ukraine. Because, because it was... It's like going in, those who are in prison for a long time, they, they come out, they can't handle the freedom, the liberty, so they, they want to go back where it's a controlled environment. Well, no, no. The they reason, know what to expect. The, the reason they wanted to go back is because their children were far more oh, negatively yes. affected in these schools yep. than they would have been in the communist schools because the line of antithesis between communism yep. and what they're receiving in their churches was much more pronounced. And right. I told them that here in America, we will take you to hell in a coffin of velvet. In the Soviet Union, they took you to hell in a coffin of thorns. Mm-hmm. So I said, be one or the other. But in America, it's just a lot more comfortable. Right. Well, the government tells you not to disciple your kids. What do you do, Bill? You disciple your kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you obey God. In, in a heartbeat. Now, notice I said you obey God. I didn't say in you disobey heartbeat. the government. You obey the true authority. Absolutely. 
The government tells you not to love your children. What do you do? Love them anyway. That's right. Government tells you not to tell your children about Jesus every day. What do you do? Tell them about Jesus every day. Tell them about Jesus every day. That's it, my friends. The government attempts to take your kids away, to kill your children in the River Nile. What do you do? Don't do it. Believe God. Don't fear anything else. Don't fear the government. The midwives, they feared God. They did not fear the Pharaoh. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's in Exodus chapter yeah. one. Yep. So there's got to be, I think, a steadfastness and a stubbornness about faith, Bill. I'm trying to take a lesson. In fact, I was looking at this picture of Cuban church, you see that? Yeah. They seem to be doing just fine. Thank you very much. Maybe they're not publicizing the location of that gathering. I don't know. The government tells you not to get together and, you know, assemble yourselves together as a man or some is to worship God. What do you do? You do it anyway. And that's exactly what they're doing. So there's a steadfastness and stubbornness about faith. And Bill, I think this applies as much to American families as it does to our brothers and sisters in Cuba and China. Would you be surprised if God took care of you and protected you and found a way to make it for you? You step out and do what he tells you to do. Yeah. He's the God of heaven and earth. All of the kings of the earth are nothing but dust on the balance in his eyes. He controls them. He raises them up. He puts them down. He has told you to raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you do? Do, do what that. he tells you to do. Right. And he will protect you. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. Isn't that good? They were not afraid of the they king's were command. Not afraid. not afraid. So, friends, what are we saying? Believe in God, believe in his word, believe he will go before you in all that you do. Don't fear the state, just act in faith. You know, our major opposition is not the state. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You realize that, Bill? Our right. major opposition is not the state. Right. Our major opposition is the devil. To get a father to shut the word of God and go play his golf game on any given day. <laughs> when that father opens the word of God to share with his children for 15 minutes a day, every demon in hell is telling him not to do it. It's the faith to overcome every demon in hell that tells you as a dad not to open that word and share it with your family. That's the enemy, my friends. It's the faith to walk a humble life of repentance and obedience before your kids. The faith to humble yourself, confess your sins, and just tell your kids about Jesus and tell them what Jesus did in your life. Raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of Lord Jesus Christ. And do that every day. Teach your children God's word. As you sit in the house, As you walk by the way, as you rise up, as you lie down, that's it. And do it every day. Who cares what the government says? What God tells you to do. Just do it. And do it in faith. And he'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. And God's good. He's good. Amen. He he blesses us with children. And he, he gives us the opportunity to raise a godly seed. Amen. So do it. So let's get out there and do it. All right. Get a copy of my book, Family Life. If you'd like just a basic introduction to a family discipleship or a biblical concept of the biblical family in the 21st century, especially as we oppose these enemies that are so often trying to undermine what God intends for us to do. Get a copy of Family Life at our website, generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.